Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you are transformed by audacious faith, inspiring hope, and extravagant love. Um, I'm excited to have the opportunity just to talk to you for a few moments on a message that God has really strongly been putting on my heart. It's a message that I'll be honest, I was not very excited about. Um, I kind of like knew that I needed to talk about this and I really didn't want to. And I kind of wrestled with it a lot and it's taken me quite a lot to write down. But then on Wednesday, I went to a spa and I thought, actually, maybe this is not bad after all. And so today I want to talk to you on the topic of rest. What does rest look like? What is healthy rest? What is biblical rest? So I want to talk about rest. Now, first of all, thank you to the stewards. I just turned around and this all appears. It's incredible. Um, first of all, I want to talk about um, how this does not cancel out the serving series. You see, we did a series over summer on serving. And when we talked about that, we talked about how we all need to be involved. We all need to serve God in whatever capacity that looks like for you. And when I talk now about rest, I don't mean to be like, yes, that was the sermon for me. Serving was not the sermon for me. I've now got an excuse to rest. I want to just say, when I talk about rest, it's more to give us the energy to serve rather than an excuse from not serving. And so rest is something that I truly believe is misunderstood in our culture and within the church. I think the lack of it and the lack of talking about it can mean that it's often not used very well. And I think that actually it's really strong in the Bible about what rest should look like and how important rest is. You see, I think often it feels better for us to be ignorant because when we're ignorant, we we feel better than when we're disobedient. And so I think often we sometimes choose not to study stuff and we choose not to learn about stuff because then when we don't do it, we don't feel as bad. But this morning, I'm going to talk about rest and my title is, I rest my case. I rest my case. My hope is that at the end of this sermon, you might think, I've rested my case. I hope that when you go home, the implication in your life will have rested its case. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we just thank you that you're here right now. God, we thank you that you're going to do something that only you can do. I thank you, Jesus, for your power. I thank you, God, for the rest that you have blessed us with. And I pray today, Jesus, you will open our hearts in a way you never have before and that you will breathe into us again your life, your love, your peace, your truth. God, let us experience you in a whole new way. Amen. So over summer, I decided to do something brand new. I'd never done this before. I signed myself and a friend up for it without telling them because I knew they would not enjoy it. So I told them before it was too late to back out. And this is hot dogging. A video is going to come up behind me of what hot dogging is because it's probably easier to show you than explain. And basically, it's like this rubber boat that you kind of swim in and it's like in a white water rapid center and you just go around. And I thought, how fun does this look? Like, I'm just weird like that. I knew my friend would not enjoy it. So that's why I didn't tell them until they were wearing a wetsuit and actually found out what they were doing. Um, and so we decided, well, I decided to go hot dogging because I thought this looked really fun. 
And so when I arrived, I'd actually realized I'd kind of signed up for the kids session. Um, but for me, being a competitive person, I looked at these 11-year-olds in my group and I thought, I can take them. This is fine. I will win this quite easily. And so we kind of got to they get the boats and stuff, and they made us carry the boats. I was like, I paid to like sit in the boat. Why are we carrying these boats? I didn't really get it. Anyway, we finally got to the water, and he says, okay, if you just put your boat on the side for a second, we're going to make you jump in the water just to check you can swim. I was like, I did swim lessons when I was seven. <laughs> I got this. So the current is going quite fast, as you can see on the video. And he says, I'll show you what to do. So you get in the water, and you just lay on your back, and you go down the little drops. And he's like, it's quite chilled. And then at a certain point, I need you to turn around, and you need to swim against the current and make yourself to shore. I was like, sure. Like, last time I swam, I think someone did mention the Olympics. So I've got this. So I am like, right, you know what? These 11-year-olds go first. Tip if you're competitive, always make your competition go first, then you know what you're up against. So they went, I thought, there they almost drowned, like laughing at them. Don't judge, I was like, that is quite funny. Anyway, and then it came to my turn. I was thinking, like everyone's gonna be so wowed by this. So I go in, I'm like going down on my back, like this is so chilled, down the little bump covering my face, like, oh, don't splash my eyes. And then it gets to the point where I turn around and I start swimming. And I am like viciously swimming. I am going for it. I'm like, everyone's gonna be staring at me right now, like, where did that power come from? And I just kind of look up just to see like how far away from shore I am. And I realize like I have not moved whatsoever. So I'm like, I'll just swim a bit harder. So I start swimming a bit harder. And then I start like looking up and I'm realizing I'm not moving. And at this point, like panic starts coming. And I'm like, oh my days, I am gonna die. Like this is how it ends. Like I thought it was gonna be like super spiritual. Like I don't, but like I'm actually just gonna die. And I'm getting closer and closer to the next drop, which I'm not supposed to be going down. And I'm thinking I'm getting washed out to sea. Like Jonah, I'm gonna come meet you. Like this is not great. And I look up to shout for help and I'm like, help but this lifeguard clearly has got like selective hearing and a cry for help is not in his radar so he is like off elsewhere and nobody is watching me I am beside myself I am panicking I'm swimming like this current is too strong for me and then this little guy comes around on his kayak and I'm like finally like here is my savior to come and save me and he looks at me and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, Sa like save me. Like, what do you mean? What? And he's like, just stand up. And I was like, I, like, I, can't, like, I was like, are you serious? And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to die anyway. So what have I got to lose? So as I stand up to my shock and horror, I realized that um, the water came to probably about here on my leg. You see, what I thought I was drowning in, actually, when I stood up and was still and had a higher perspective, I started to realize that what was going to kill me literally was like for children. Like, I was like, oh, I knew that. So then I start trying to walk to the side, and I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm like, I still can't move. Like, seriously, like, there's so much moss on the floor, my feet are just slipping, like I can't get any grip, I'm just like sliding, I was like, in the end I had to like sit on his little kayak and he took me to the side, and these 11 year olds like, yeah, now he's laughing, and so today I kind of wanted, I was thinking about that story, and it made me think that it's so much like so many people's lives, 
You see, the speed of the water covered the shallowness of the water. And so often the speed of our life covers the shallowness of our life. We're in church. Hi, how are you? Oh, nice to see you. Great. Yep, got to pop out. We've got shallow relationships with each other. We can have shallow relationships with our connect group. We can have a shallow relationship with God. But because we're so busy serving, it hides the shallowness. Sometimes we've got moss underneath, but the movement of the water is covering the moss. The movement of our life is covering some stuff that actually needs dealing with. And the only place that we can deal with this is with God. It's the only place that we can deal with this is in the stillness. So my verse today is Psalm 46, verse 10. And it says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You see, first of all, when we talk about rest, we need to understand what rest is. What does the, when the Bible talks about rest, what is it actually meaning? Because in culture, we have like a weird view of rest, really. Like we're like, oh, I've had such a long day. Oh, it's all been so hard. Like children, don't come near me. Your mother has been working and slipping away for your food. And I'm just going to go to bed and I'm going to put my blanket on and Netflix, just one episode of maybe two. But three, yeah, three will be fine. And by the time we've watched like a whole series and we're just like, this is me time. I am relaxing. I am going to be refreshed. Like this is how I just find the energy to go to work again tomorrow. And media and culture, it's very much like me-centered. Like I need to find myself by being with myself. I need to refresh. I am the only one who can feel better. Don't talk to me. Connect group. Oh, do you not know I just got home an hour ago? Oh, like I, everything is just, oh, it's all about me. And God actually says in Matthew 20, no, 11, 28, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. He says, when you're weary, when you need rest, don't go to yourself because you can't renew yourself. You actually need to come to me because I am the one who will re refresh you. When you need to rest, it's not about spending time with yourself. It's about spending time with God. When you enter into rest, you enter into him. Rest is about spending time with God. It's a lot less about you laying down, but more about you going to the one who laid it all down for you. Rest is about being with God. And so the thing with rest is quite easy when you're tired to be like, oh, I'll pray tomorrow. Like, I'm just really tired. Like, this is just not the time for me to be sending God. Like, God, I love you, but um, I'll come to you in half an hour if I have a cup of tea later. But God is saying that you don't come to me to satisfy me. You don't come to me when you're tired so that I feel great. You come so that you realize your satisfaction is in me. You come to me so that you realize that actually I am the one that can supply everything to you. So rest actually looks a lot like worship. Rest and worship are very, very linked. Point number one, rest is my recalibration. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, God then took a day of rest. It's the first start and first time in the Bible that we actually hear about rest. Right back in Genesis. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. On the seventh day, God 
rest it. So for all of you that don't think you have time to rest, like, are you really busier than God? God took time to rest. The crazy thing about it all is that Adam and Eve's first day on this planet was actually day seven when they rested. So Adam and Eve kind of like woke up like, woo, planet Earth, this is so exciting. And God's like, yeah, we're just chilling today. Like, um, and they're like, but there's so much to do. Like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, but today we're just like, today's literally just about you realizing who I am. Today's not about you working because when you work, you might think that what you see is because of you. But actually today I want you just to admire who I am. The first day for them was all about worship, not work. Because rest isn't something that you earn, it's something that's expected of you. Rest is a position, it's a, it's a mindset that you have when you realize that actually it's not what I've done, it's about what he's done. And you see, the crazy thing about them resting on their first day is that there was no morning and there was no evening on day seven. Every other day it says there was morning and there was evening and it was the next day. And there was morning and there was evening and it was the next day. On day seven, it doesn't say there was a morning and an evening. Because I feel like God is saying, I don't want you to learn to rest from work. I want you to learn to rest in work. I want you to get that posture of rest today that's going to carry you through the rest of the week. This isn't just a one-day event. This is actually a state of being which I need you to sustain through the rest of the week. In Exodus 31, 17, it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and then the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And on the seventh day, he was rested and refreshed. The word for refreshed is actually the word nefesh, which literally means to breathe in. See, when you think about it, God had created the whole world by breathing out. He said, let there be light, and he breathed out his breath. He breathed the breath of life into Adam. He created, his work was to breathe out. And on the seventh day, he said, now I need to breathe in. Now it's my time to breathe in. But the word nefesh isn't just a, a breathe in like a, it's like a to my deepest part of me. It's to my soul, because nefesh also means soul. It's to my soul, to my very being that needs to be refreshed. God didn't take a day off because he needed it. He took it off to model to us what a healthy life looks like. He took it off to say, go around in your six days and work and breathe out my love and breathe out my peace and breathe out in your workplace and breathe out in the school and breathe out everywhere. But then on the seventh day, you need to come to me and you need to let me breathe back into you. You need to exhale me again. Because the issue is too many of us have had our first breath of God and then we're like living off that for years and years. And we're like walking around our breath. And like God's like, just come to me and let me breathe back into you. Don't walk around winded. Don't walk around like out of breath trying to catch your breath. God's like, just come into my presence and let me breathe the breath of life back into you. Rest was introduced so that our bodies and our souls stay together. So that we're not inconsistent, like we're serving, serving, now we're emotionally drained, but we've got loads of energy. And then, oh, now we're physically drained, but like, I'm just not emotionally there. God is saying, rest in me and we'll stay together. Rest in me and you'll see the best for your life because I created you to need this rest. Rest is about Jesus proclaiming, I am, not I do. When they came on the first day, they didn't see Jesus and God doing the work. 
they saw God and who he was. They saw the creator, they saw the, the love, they saw the peace, they saw who he was, not what he did. Rest is worship. And I want to do something a little bit different now, because I want to play a song. And the reason for this being is I don't want to just tell you about the rest that you can find in God, I want to show you the rest you can find in God. Because I think so many of us are coming out of summer now. And the issue is some of us are coming out of it more drained than we went into it. Some of us, we go away on holiday, we spend time with our families, but we actually are like shattered for it. We're like, kids, please go back to school. Like, I just need this break again. And I think we've never learned to rest well. And so I want to play a song. And all I want you to do during this is literally to rest. Whatever that looks like for you is different. But I want you to encounter God in a way of saying, God, will you Will you renew me? Will you refresh me? Will you let me find my rest in you? For you, you might need to kneel. For you, you might need to stand. For you, you might need to just sit and meditate. For you, you might need to declare. But I want you to sort of just get into that posture of actually, God, I'm really weary. God, I might be tired. God, I, I kind of didn't want to come today. You know, I've been working all week. And can I just experience your rest? Can I experience you breathing back into me? God breathes back into you in the stillness, it will sustain you in your busyness. And I want to ask you, where is your breath maybe being intoxicated? You see, when you breathe from God, it's pure, but sometimes when we're tired, we don't run to God. We run to people, we run to devices, we run to Netflix, we run to shopping, we run to money, we run to our achievements. What is it that you run to? Where have you intoxicated that breath that was supposed to be from God? I want to just encourage you, just spend time with God this week. Some of you, the most spiritual thing you can do is just to do nothing. Just to soak in the presence, just to even have a sleep, just to feel at peace knowing that God is in control of it all. Are you still with me? Point number two, rest is my recognition. Rest is my recognition. So we've got rest is my recalibration, and now rest is my recognition. In Mark 4, 35, we're going to read a story about Jesus and the disciples. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. So that it was nearly swamped, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it completely calmed. He said to his disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. You see, the disciples did not recognize who was on board with them. 
I want to ask you, do you recognize who's on board with you today? Do you realize who is with you when you go to work? Do you realize who is with you when you're telling your kid off? Do you realize who is with you when you're struggling with an addiction? Do you realize who is with you when you're going through life, when you're worn out, when things just seem chaotic? Do you realize and do you recognize who it is with you? Because if you recognize who it is with you, I think your attitude would change. Because rest is not about time, rest is about trust. Rest is about, do you trust that God is in control? Do you trust that you can just sit back and that God will do the work for you? Do you trust that actually this storm is too big for me, but I trust that God will do it? And then depending on how big your trust is will depend on how much peace you have. Because until you learn to control the storm inside of you, you will never be able to control the storm outside of you. Until you learn to anchor your trust, until you learn to anchor your peace, then no matter what goes on outside, no matter what chaos breaks, you know where you will find your rest. You know that you can just lay down and sleep because God is in control. You see, Jesus went to sleep because he knew what was going to happen. You see, Jesus was like, I know in chapter 4 there's a storm, but guess what happens in chapter 5? We make it to the other side. So Jesus sleeps because he's got a promise. Jesus sleeps because he knows the future. Jesus sleeps because he knows what is going to happen. And so if we just kind of was like, yeah, I know things are crazy right now, but actually the one who is with me knows what's to come. And if he's sleeping, why don't I sleep? If he's relaxed, why am I stressing? If he's got some peace, why don't I take some peace? Because we need to start realizing that sometimes storms come to help you realize that you're not in control. And so that you can learn to become dependent on God. You can learn to trust God. Because when a storm comes, you can't choose your storm. You can't choose what happens in your family. You can't always choose what happens with your kids. You can't always choose to be made redundant. You can't choose some things that happen, but you can choose your spirit. You can choose how you react. You can say that although this storm is going on outside, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to just paddle like mad. I'm not going to keep swimming, but actually I'm just going to stand and I'm going to rest and I'm going to lean into the one who says that he's got me. I'm going to lean into the one who says he'll never forsake me. I'm going to lean into the one who says the best is still to come. And although things seem crazy, I'm going to recognize who's with me. Are you still with me? You're so quiet, guys. You see, Jesus promises to be your prince of peace. And I think sometimes we get this a little bit confused because we assume that this is like the prince of preference or the prince of comfort or the prince of easiness. But God says, I'll be your prince of peace, but it might not look like how you planned. There may be a storm, but I will still be your peace. This thing that's happened might not be what you wanted, but choose your spirit to say, he is still my prince of peace. We need to get to a place where we rest in his capacity, not our ability. You see, when you go to God every day, you start to sort of, at the beginning of the day, you, you spend your time with God. God knows what's coming that day. 
God knows the bad news you might get. God knows the issues. God knows the arguments. God knows what's going to happen. So in the morning, he can kind of prepare you. In the morning, he can give you a verse that's going to sustain you. In the morning, he can refresh your soul so that whatever happens, you're like, Actually, I'm pretty prepared for this. Like, actually, I've got a bit of peace in the situation. Like, when we go to God, who knows the future, we start to receive what it is that we need for the day. We start to receive what we didn't know we needed. We start to receive like, enough power. We start to receive the joy. We start to receive the peace. We start to receive patience. We start to receive this stuff that we didn't think we could have. This, how are we responding to this situation? Well, actually, how is your soul? Because if your soul is rested in God, then nothing can take it out of that rest. See, often we prefer to strive after God than to rest in God because it feeds our pride. Because when we're doing it, when, we're, when we feel like what we're receiving is because that's what we've done, we kind of, we like to, we perceive that we like to receive what we've earned. We don't just like this idea of it's like freely given to us. We like to like work for it. But God is saying Adam and Eve rested on the first day. They hadn't done any work. He said, rest in me. You can't work for rest. You work from rest. Don't work, 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 and then tie yourself out. And now you're in demand and in need of rest. He said, come to me. I will give you rest and then go and work. And the way that you work will be different. You see, rest is both commanded to us and what we are created for. You've got six days a week to do whatever you would like. You've got your hair appointments. You've got your business meetings. You've got sometimes family outings. People find them stressful. You've got whatever you want to do in your six days. And then on the seventh day, he's saying rest. On the seventh day, rest. See, God could have easily made it a six-day week. He's the one who created the week. He could have just been like six days of work, boom, perfect, back to, back to day one. But he's like, I've created a day of rest. He says, I've created the Sabbath, not for you for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for you. I've created the Sabbath so that you rest in it because I've created you and I know what you need. See, God can do more in six days than you can in seven. And God says that when you work on the seventh day, like, you're going it alone. He's like, I'm resting. Like, I'm chillaxing. I've been God for six days. I think I can take a day just to chill. And when you work on the seventh day, you're kind of alone. So sometimes it's better just to chill with God on the seventh day. You see, God also, so God, we're also created to rest. And God also commands us to rest. It's in the Ten Commandments to keep the Sabbath day, to keep one day just of rest. And God actually said, like, when you think about the Ten Commandments and how, like, some of them were, like, do not murder. We're like, yeah, cool, done that one. But then it's like, have you taken a day of rest this week? I'm like, ooh, no. But God actually holds them the same level. There's no, like, oh, have you murdered? No, but have you taken rest? Just try again next week. Oh, just, just try. Like, it's not like you've murdered one person. Oh, just try not to do it again. Oh, you murdered another. Oh, right, we'll try just try again. You know, I understand it's sometimes a bit too hard. Like, I know they're annoying. Like, but God's like, we're doing that with rest. We're treating this commandment like we can do it as and when. And oh, never mind. I didn't quite manage this week. God's like, I've commanded you. I've put it there for you to do. We don't follow the commandments because, because of what it does for God. We follow it because of what it does for us. We follow the commandments because when we follow them, that gives us the best life. When we follow them, it gives us a healthy life. When we follow them, there's good consequences. And the same that if we don't follow them, there's negative consequences. 
And some of us are living in the negative consequence of having not rested. So we need to find, oh yeah, we need to find our rhythm. Point number three. We need to find our rhythm. So we need to find when it is that you can rest. Is it going to be a day-to-day thing? Is it going to, well, like, well, it needs to be a day-to-day thing. What time? That's more thinking. What place? How are you going to fit it into your day-to-day? How are you going to fit it into your week? How are you going to fit it into your month? How are you going to fit it into your year? How are you going to put rest as a part of your plan? You see, there's a story in the Bible in 2 Chronicles chapter 36. And I'm going to just read these few verses and then I'll kind of summarize the story for you. It says, The few who survived were taken as exiles to Babylon, and they became servants to the king and his sons until the kingdom of Persia came to power. So the message of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah was fulfilled. The land finally enjoyed its Sabbath rest, lying desolate until the 77, until the 70 years, sorry, were fulfilled just as the prophet had said. So basically, let's just summarize the story. God had told the children of Israel, they're like farmers, they've got land, that's how they make the money. They grow food in their farm. Great explanation, Nadine. And that's their job. And then God says, but on the seventh year, so you plan for six years, but on the seventh year, I want you to not plan anything. And I want that year to be a rest for the land, and I want you just to dedicate that year to me, and I will provide for you. And so the, the, the planting, year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, year six, it comes to year seven, they're like, oh, like we're not, like, they're looking at the bank balance, they're looking at like the, the budgets, and they're like, just put a few seeds down, like we'll just, just put a few, so they put a few down, and then they're like, oh, just put a few more down, like just put a few more, and they're like, oh, just do the whole thing, just do it all, th-. so they just, they, they do the same seeds on the, in the seventh year, and they keep doing this again and again and they keep missing this year of rest and they do this for 490 years and so God's kind of looking at them like are you serious like you have not trusted me whatsoever you do not recognize who I am and when I commanded you to rest and you didn't listen he's like I'm going to take my protection off you and so he lets them get invaded and they get taken to this place to become slaves And the thing is, when you're a slave, you don't get a day off. See, that's why sometimes it's so important that we take a day off because we're becoming slaves to things that we were never meant to be. We're becoming a slave to work because we can't take a day off. We're becoming a slave to our phone because we couldn't take a day off. We're becoming a slave to to people and friends because we just feel like we can't be without them for a day. We become slaves. So they become a slave for 70 years. You see, the thing about this is your Sabbaths are accumulated. The days, the, the days of the week that you don't take off is actually added up. You see, because they didn't listen for 490 years, which meant they missed 70 Sabbaths. They missed 70 Sabbaths. So God's like, you've missed 70, so how long are you going to be held captive for? 70 years. So God is like, I've been adding up every time you've not been resting, and I'm going to make the land rest. He says the land has earned its rest. The crazy thing is, God cared so much about the land resting that he held captive a full group of people. How much more do you think he cares about you resting? 
How much more do you think he cares about you taking your day off? How much more do you think he cares about you spending time with him? I want to come back to the verse, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still is your rhythm. Be still, find your rhythm of stillness. Find your time. Find your place. Find your rhythm of when you can be still. And know is your recognition. Don't just be familiar with God. Know God. Don't just be familiar with who he is. Know who he is. Don't just be familiar with what he's promised. Know what he's promised. Don't just be familiar and like the disciples were. They knew who Jesus was. He was on the boat. They ran for his help. They knew him. They were familiar with him, but they didn't know him. Because if they knew who he was, they would have not been scared. So be still, find your rhythm, and then know who you're meeting. Know who it is that's with you. And know that he is God. This is your recalibration. Find your worship. Find your rest. Let your soul breathe in again from his presence. I'd love you just to write on your communication card which step it is that you're kind of kind of really focus on this week. Some of you are like, you know what, I actually do have a lot of stillness. I kind of like, I spend a lot of time by myself. <laughs> like I lay on my bed a lot still. I've got the stillness part down. But I just don't really spend that time with God. Maybe you're like, actually, I need to start recalibrating myself. I need to start spending more time in worship. Some of you are like, I worship God, but it's like it's in the car when I'm going to work and I'm fasting. I've got my worship music playing play and I'm praying and I'm praying and praying. But like there's no stillness there. You're just whizzing everywhere you go. Find out which step it is for you. Maybe you're like all three, Nadine. I do none of them. Just write it down on your communication card because we would really love to join you in this. We would really love to pray for you. We would love as connect groups if you got around each other, you held each other accountable. We would love it if you kind of just supported each other, encouraged each other because this is so important. People in the Old Testament were stoned and put to death for not resting. God is like, take this seriously. Like, Don't mess around with this. This is actually super important for you. So I'd love it if you could just kind of write it down and we're going to put that in the bucket as we do our giving in the next song. Will you just pray with me? God, I thank you for the word that you've brought today. God, I thank you for breathing out upon us. God, I pray that as we go this week that you will just meet with us in a whole new way. God, I pray, Jesus, that you will help us to know who you are. You will help us to be still in your presence and you will help us to just recalibrate our souls back onto you. God, I pray that this week as kids go back to school, I pray that as people are going to work, God, that we will just find a rest that we've never experienced before. That when things happen that we would normally like freak out about, God, that we can just rest in your peace. We can rest knowing you're in control. God, have your way this week. Have your way in our lives. Amen. If you would like to know more, please visit us at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk.